Oh man, I am so excited. It is our Halloween episode. What's going on, my man? Ah, uh, Brian, hello. Uh, what happened to Count Chocula? Spooky. <laughs> Thank you. That's almost like... I went a little Russian, didn't I? You did. Yeah. You did. That's okay. We forgive you. It is true we have ghosts in Russia, just not <laughs> Halloween. Halloween is American holiday, yeah? Yeah, it is. Okay. But with, that, with that, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Neighbors Don't Knock. This is Season 3, Episode 17. And you have tuned into a very special Halloween episode. And I'll do it this time. It's spooky. Yes, it's spooky. <laughs> Welcome. Did Welcome I, did to I my do that right? Did you I did. That? I did. Okay, I've been practicing. Well done. Uh, I, I, he, I know that's not your repertoire. That you no, it's 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 well, not. So. No, I'm not. The, I'm not the. You are the the voices. I'm not that's the voices. Fantastic, man. Well done. So, <laughs> uh, but like I said, happy Halloween out there. Happy October. We're getting to the end of it, you know. But we'll get into all of those days later. But first, we just want to. Thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We've had some fabulous guests on this past season. We've had fabulous guests on from the first two seasons. So go back and check those out. You can subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode wherever you listen to your podcast. It's true. And we are only three episodes away from our fantastic season finale, believe it or not. So there's a lot to look forward to as well. Uh, that's crazy. This is crazy to me. But we do have a very special guest that we're going to get into. But first, a word from our sponsor. A wine made with passion and soul is a great way to bring people together, and that's why we choose Alpacion. Alpacion is an award-winning wine produced in the Uco Valley region of Argentina and can be found in fine restaurants and retail establishments all over the world. Taste the passion today or book a trip to their vineyards and experience their exquisite lodge and glamping tents. Learn more at www.alpacion.com. So, Philip, I'm very excited about our guest today. I mean, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. It's very Halloween-esque. I am, too. I've got so many <laughs> questions. I mean, you know where I came from before, before Houston. So no, like, I know. Ooh. And I, I know you, you're into that whole extra feeling of... It's just extra feeling, right? Is that I'm, ex yeah, I mean, extra I'm into feeling? Extra feeling. Yeah. It's a feeling what that you don't have feeling? for me. It's a feeling you don't have for me. But we'll let's just get into that. Our guest is the founder of the Lady Ghostbusters Paranormal Team. Is an author of four books, including Dream a Little Dream and Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomenons, Part 1 and 2. She has a most recent title, Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomenons, and she has a children's book series. She has also just released a new podcast called Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World and is broadcast on the Paranormal UK radio network bi-weekly on Thursdays. So without further ado, let's get her on the show with us. We'd like to welcome Miss Eleanor Wagner. Hello, how are you? Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to meet you finally. It's yes. a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for, for coming on. This is great. I am so excited, uh, you know, first of all, for 
just your your books in general like let's just start there and then we'll work our way into certain things did you always have this feeling of the paranormal or something that you know is growing up as a child or was this something that you grew into i've always been sensitive to spirit as a child i lived in a home in the bronx that was haunted with a ghost and it started back then and stayed with me always. I find it fascinating because I've never had that type of sensitivity of, of the feeling of another spirit or anything like that. I've never had that feeling. What is it like for you, especially at a younger age, to have that kind of sensitivity? As a child, I was afraid. I didn't know exactly what it was that I was experiencing. I just knew it was this shadow person that was coming into my room every night and scared the bejesus out of me. Of course, I would tell my parents when I would run into their bedroom and they would say to me, it's just a dream, you're having a nightmare, yet it happened every single night until I moved out of that room into the basement room and never saw it again. Now, as an adult, I know that that spirit was just trying to get my attention because somehow it knew that I could sense it and see it. And as a child, you wouldn't know that. You would just be fearful of it. Had the wheels been turned and I had been older when that happened, I would know that it was just trying to get my attention. Now, have, have any spirits ever revealed anything to you specifically, like in, in more detail, you know, like who they I'm were not. or like past lives or anything like that? As a team with my team, they have. I'm personally not as gifted as nearly half of these other women that are on my team. They are way more talented than I. It's just when I had that experience as a child and then I had a premonition, I had premonitions as a child, but I had a really bad one that scared the shit out of me and I was only 12 and when I talked to my mom about it she said it was just a dream and of course then it happened it came true and at 12 I blamed myself for it saying it's my fault I could have done something to prevent that from happening which obviously is not the case but at 12 years old you don't know any better so I think I kind of stifled any possibility of my gifts being more enhanced at that time. And now as an adult, they're becoming much better because I'm around it so often with other people that I'm learning more and becoming more susceptible to it. Forgive me for prying, but if you don't mind me asking this premonition that you had as a young girl, was this something of, of like somebody's injury or death? Yes. As I don't mind telling you at all. A lot of things come to people in dreams. A lot of people see deceased loved ones in dreams. That's how they'll connect with you. In this one particular dream, my godparents died. My godmother was in a hospital bed, and I could see her with the sheet over her face, you know, go over her face, so I knew it was her. And then my godfather was hanging from a rope. And that was the scariest part of it because he took his life, and then several months later she died from a brain tumor in the hospital. Oh, that is, um, I wow. I, I yeah, wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting to hear that. And, and you know, you know, when, when I found out and I told Philip, Oh, this great author is coming on and, and she's written all these books and she deals with paranormal activity and things like that. You know, I, I know you've had experience, Philip. I know you personally have had some, some kind of experience I never have, which is why I was so interested and eager to, to listen and hear from what you had to say. Well, I'd like to be clear for, for our listeners and for our guest and for you, sir, that yes, I have had a, a handful or more of these um, sort of unexplainable experiences. I do not go so far as to qualify them as, as ghosts or hauntings or anything of the sort, just because I'm, I'm 
blissfully ignorant of, of all of that. So, so for me, I, I've never really decided one way or another what these were. But you just but yeah, let sure. you just left it at that. I mean, some, like, some some more some terrifying <laughs> than others. So leaving them at that might not be the best way to okay. uh, to sum that up. But but yeah, definitely have had my share of um uh, of of unexplainable and and sometimes terrifying events. And and also uh, your premonition story. The reason why I ask questions, uh, and I'm sure I'll have more, so forgive me in advance, but it rings true to me as well because I had something similar happen when I was a young boy, and I come from a family that tells stories of similar premonitions. Well, it, it, Eleanor, I, I just have a – do you have yeah. people come to you that ask you or parents or things that – because you had experiences as a child where they were telling you, oh, it's just – it's a dream. You're it, Just go back to sleep. It's just a dream. I mean, have you had people that now know and see that you're a published author and you have all these dealings and you're a founder of the Lady Ghostbusters, which we'll get to in a little bit – but do you have actual people come asking for your counsel or almost like a therapist or a professional opinion? Funny that you should say that. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's say it, let's start it at the beginning, 2019, when I wrote the first haunting series, I got this opportunity to bring a paranormal team into the Ogdensburg mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey, the president of the minds is a scientist and he says i'm a scientist i'm not supposed to believe this stuff but there's all this stuff happening and i can't explain it hey if you want to bring your paranormal team in you can come into the mines we'll bring you around the buildings because all the buildings are wanted too and i was like great thanks and i'm going shit i don't have a paranormal team what the hell am i gonna do <laughs> so i'm like all right i gotta go hunting down some people so here's a clipboard that will just whoever's this. passing sign up i love that it's like who are you gonna call <laughs> damned if i know <laughs> so i re recruited this this group that i had met on one of my weekend getaways with girlfriends of mine when we went haunted house hunting and a few of those people came with me. And then I said, you know what? I've interviewed these really amazing people while I was writing this book. I'm going to put it out there to a few of them and see if they wanted to join me on that wonderful adventure. So there were five women in particular that I called up and said, I, I know you don't really know me from Adam. I know that I just interviewed you for my book, but would you be interested in coming on this investigation? And three out of the five women took me up on my offer. And they've been with me ever since, which has been exciting. They've been part of the team since we all began. So that started it all. The Lady Ghostbuster team was formed. And it's grown now to, we have 20 members. There are pretty much seven or eight core people, but we have a group of 20 so that if we do have other investigations, I have other team members that can come if they want. And we do have some select men that are part of the group as well. But we do get calls from people all the time now that I've written these books saying I have activity in my home or my business and and then they'll send me audio or video footage that they've taken off of their security cameras to say this is what's going on do you think it's anything paranormal and if it is can you come and maybe see if you can find out who or what it is and and why they're trying to connect with us have you ever responded to any of these requests in a positive manner in terms of have you, have you gone and actually Absolutely. How do you think I get the chapters in my book? <laughs> I never say no to an investigation. I love I'm it. I'm like, definitely, I'll go. And it's a chapter in the book. So I mean, those got to be very interesting calls, though, too, because, you know, at the same time, you're investigating something, but you also, I, I don't know, I'm, 
I would always be nervous about the people that I'm I'm running into. Well, like means- you're you're going into their home. I mean, have you had experiences not with the paranormal activity, but with the people that you were I guess visiting or connecting with, finding out that it's not really paranormal activity versus them just schizophrenia yeah or, or having some, some other or, kind of <laughs> some other kind of issue or something like that yeah i mean i could see people having fun with this though like i mean that's that's a mean cruel trick but i could see people like screwing screwing with people as i said most of the time they'll end up sending me some sort of footage of something that i can see or hear visually or audibly that i can decide whether i think it's paranormal or not and then i do like a preliminary screening there have been people that we've had call us that definitely have other issues going on and we've declined those offers to go there. I've had people that are the haunted. They didn't realize that they have these hauntings on them and it follows them wherever they go. And it's not their house that's haunted. It's actually them. And some of them are very receptive to hearing. They want to know how can I get help to get rid of it? And then there are other people that are like, I don't believe that that's not true. My house is haunted. And then you have the situations where you go in And for example, we'll go into an investigation where they're having paranormal activity and we're there to figure out what the paranormal activity is. And then we'll find out it's a deceased loved one that's just trying to get through to the family that's there. Or it's both. We've got paranormal activity in the house, but we've also got a deceased loved one that's trying to get a message through to the family. And those are the ones that are the most poignant investigations because those people didn't even realize that 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 loved one was trying to get through to them. And when we get the message to them, we're all crying. We're all bawling our eyes out. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. (laughs) So, so it seems to me that you're, you're at least implying that on your investigations, you have some sort of um, a person with you who is a, a medium or somebody who's able to actually do that sort of translation of what's going on. Yeah. Yes, we do, Phil. Those are those talented women that I was talking to you about. Remember I said to you that some of them are way more talented than I. It's because they are so gifted that they can see, hear, smell, spirit. And they've been practicing this for 40 years. That's fascinating. And they're great at it. You know, we, we've all seen these like reality TV shows, right? With the with the haunted places where they go in with the night vision cameras and all of that. And they set up the crew and they spook themselves and they drop the camera and run and and all this stuff. I hate that. Oh, you're that talking about, you're talking about like, Blair Witch Project, on, right? Really? <laughs> Close enough, but, but no. <laughs> but I knew I was going to get a rise out of, out of you, our guest, because... Oh, my goodness. Come on. You're talking to a New Jersey girl. You don't scare that easy. It's pretty ridiculous. She, she almost got armed. Yeah. She almost pulled out a gun on you from through the computer screen. <laughs> well, it's funny because those shows, you know, the first time I sat down and, and entertained myself with one of those shows, the first thing that struck me, I think, is exactly what you're alluding to. It's like, why are you running? Right. If you're there, if you know that you're trying to investigate some kind of a phenomenon that you, that's unexplainable, and you're you know used to this sort of environment, a sensational. Right. I've seen it. Why are you gonna run? You know what? What are you running from? Is it gonna like take out a knife from the kitchen drawer and do you in? I'm not gonna say that there aren't mean spirits because there are, and then there are also spirits that are very frustrated because they've been trying for however long to get people's attention. And it's not working. Well, so you let, get, when you get a frustrated spirit, that can be tough too because they're a little bit angry because they haven't been able to get anyone's attention. So it just depends on the situation. Let me ask you then: when you say trying to get attention, 
is is there something that you that spirits typically are looking for attention or i mean is it a very broad statement to say that every situation is different don't forget that the ghost has been there before whoever it is that is in that building whether it's a resident at home or a business they were there before you came there and so when you come in especially if you're renovating that disrupts their norm and sometimes they just don't like that and that's why it's known it's coming around that paranormal activity increases when people are renovating their buildings because they don't want that stuff happening to their place and what's a good thing to do when you're in one of these investigations is to try to get them both on the same page make sure that the homeowner or the business owner understands why they're there and to not be afraid of them and make the ghosts understand that they're fixing up your building which would probably otherwise fall apart if they weren't there. Cause a lot of it happens in older buildings, not all the time because it can be the land that's haunted as well, but older buildings tend to have things happen because they're old and they've had so much life in them. Okay. So let's and, back this up a little bit for one mm-hmm. second, if you don't mind, because you mentioned earlier a qualification between a haunting of an establishment versus a haunting of a person. Yes. So is that something that, that is, when you go with your team to do an investigation, is that kind of the one of the first things that you're looking for? Are you looking for sort of ties to the site that you're on versus ties to the person you're dealing with? Do you do personal interviews of the person? How does that all kind of look right out of the gate? Well, that's what I meant by prelim- preliminary interview. I speak to them prior to deciding whether we're going to go to an establishment or home for an investigation. I don't really like to go to the ones where the person's wanted because they tend to not believe it. And there's really nothing we personally can do for them. They have to go to special healers and people who cleanse as far as I understand to help them. And they have to be readily willing to have that happen in order to get rid of whatever it is that's attached themselves to that person. I primarily want to go into a building or home and help the ghost and the resident to come to a happy agreement. If the ghost wants to get to the light and hasn't been able to do that, we're ready to help them find the light and do that. If they want to stay where they're at because they're happy doing that, we want to make sure that the resident and the ghost are on the same page and can live together comfortably without the homeowner or resident being freaked out or the ghost becoming angry. <laughs> I mean, you know, breakfast you, is at seven. Yeah, you know, just be just be cautious about the shower time. You know, I mean, <laughs> do, do you, Eleanor? Do you feel that you would be a spirit either haunting somewhere, or do you know or have a, an inclination of where you might be after you pass? Will your spirit be somewhere? Is that so bold to ask? What I've experienced is that. People that pass away and go to wherever it is they go. I'm Christian, so I believe they go to heaven. People that leave and go there can come back and forth whenever they want to. And that's a huge misconception with ghosts because they think that they're here. And once they go there, they can't come back. And so a lot of them are afraid because they're so attached to whatever it is that keeps them here on earth, whether it's their home or their family, even though their family's already gone, they don't realize because they're kind of like stuck almost. 
And don't forget, there's also tragedies when somebody dies tragically, especially children. They don't know they're dead. I mean, we've been in possession, excuse me, we've been in positions before where we've been in a situation and found out that the ghost didn't even know that they were dead. And one of the situations was really sad. And we had to try and explain to this young man what had happened to him and explain that he was gone and that he could go to the light, but everybody here was fine. You know, his girlfriend was fine. He could, he could move on comfortably knowing that they were fine behind what he needed to move on. When you talk about the ability to sort of go back and forth and not necessarily be stuck, and you talk about your preliminary interview that you do with people before you decide to bring you and your team on site for these investigations, I guess the, the, what I'm trying to ask is, is how much of that is just feeling out whether or not the person who's contacting you has really given enough thought to what they're experiencing. Do, do you sometimes find they have trouble even describing it because it's just so far out of their belief system or their, uh, their world of relative normal normalcy that they can't put words to it? How do you filter through that? I have to say that the people that reach out to me, probably 90% of them already have some sort of belief system in the paranormal when they call me to begin with. Maybe their spouse is a believer, non-believer, like I refer to my husband. He's ready to sage the entire house because he thinks something's there, but he doesn't believe in it. So that why are you going to sage it, you know, if, if you don't believe in it? But the people that are reaching out to me do believe 90% of the time. I just recently had somebody call me because she had been experiencing stuff on her house alarm camera kept going off and she kept on thinking someone was breaking into her home and she had footage. So she sent it to me to review and I looked it over and it had only happened a couple of times in one day. And then again, two weeks later, normally that's a, that's a red signal to me. It's probably nothing paranormal because if it is paranormal, paranormal happens regularly. And frequently you have stories that happen all the time. Oh yeah, last week this happened. And just last night that happened. And a month ago this happened. The whole thing was her husband and her son were killed tragically. And this happened two years ago. And then within the last year, she had this incident where a couple of things happened in one day. And then two weeks later, it happened in a different location in her garage. That to me was just a sign that it was probably not paranormal, but I wasn't going to crossed it off the list automatically until I had checked with Damn one raccoons. And so I gave her the footage, my <laughs> team member, Brittany Iwanski, and she took it apart frame by frame. And she said, no, it's not. The first one is actually the um, spider web. And then the, the other one in the garage was actually a bug. So I was able to tell the woman, you know, I know you were hoping that it was your son reaching out to you, but for all intents and purposes, I don't feel that this was anything paranormal. And she was just thankful for being able to have somebody say, no, it's nothing paranormal. You know, she could cross it off her list, so to speak. I do feel like everybody comes to me for a reason. I do not believe in coincidences. So I feel like this woman coming to me may have been because of this stuff that was happening on her camera, but the ultimate goal in my opinion, is I was able to refer her to 
my team member, Laurel Devine, who is a medium, and she reads cards. And I said, you know what? If you really want to see if your son is trying to reach you, reach out to Laurel and she'll talk to you and, and make arrangements with you. So I feel like ultimately that's the main reason why the universe connected her with me so that I could give her the information to speak to Laurel. I, mean, I like that though. I mean, I think that that's wonderful that you are, you're able to do that to other people to, if you're not able to answer their initial questions, because I mean, when you're dealing with something like paranormal activity and, and things that people may or may not believe in or don't know what's really going on it there's a sense of insecurity in a sense but giving them or connecting them with something else that may help them might just be what they need like you're saying um, and that's actually that's why i do this that i mean i know i love i love the paranormal i love writing about ghost stories but the whole thing with the team and the group together really for me is about helping people and helping ghosts. That's what it's all about. And that's the only reason why I do that part of it, because it was very easy for me to connect with people on social media and get their stories for my books. Well, you're, but you're in good company. Involved. It's so good. You're the first one to want to uh, connect with ghosts that we know of that I know of. I don't know about you. I don't uh, want to connect with ghosts. So. <laughs> but here on Neighbors Don't Knock, we're all about connecting with people. And, no, um, sir. And <laughs> we, we don't want to. How cool would it be to get a really great ghost to hear there? They have a great story. You know they do. Look, buddy, if the ghosts are out there, they're listening. All right, don't worry. You're well, gonna... right. well, all right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair it. enough, fair enough. Um, but, Eleanor, so amongst writing all these books, you do children's books as well. Is, and I when do have a children's book series. Yes, it's a second grade series. It's actually with the illustrator right now. And she is creating the cover and the insert pages. And I'm hoping to get it out for Christmas, but I don't know. Artists are really tough. They're really tough. They, <laughs> they have their own time frame. And it's like, I'm itching because I have all six books ready to roll. And I'm just waiting for her to finish the illustrations on the first book. <laughs> So do these books deal with this topic? Or are they a bit of like no, how to? No, I actually went to school to write for children. Oh, very cool. But I've always been a paranormal freak. I grew up with Stephen King, Dean Koontz, John Saul. That is exactly what I read from day one. Well, when My you first... say day one, how old were you when you picked up your first Stephen King novel? It was definitely in the 70s. Whenever, whenever it was that Carrie came out, that was the first uh, first book of Stephen King's I read, and then John Soule's was Suffer the Children. I can still remember that's the first one I read of his. And my first piece of written work, I was just speaking to my seventh grade teacher the other day. My first piece of written work was a poem on ghosts and goblins and witches. And I still had it. And I actually took a screenshot of it to send it to her because I said, look what you did. You inspired me. And she was just thrilled to see that I actually still had that poem from the seventh grade that got me started writing to begin with. I love that. <laughs> Did you have any teachers or anything that gave you odd looks because of the topics that like you said, you had a poem about ghosts and goblins or anything, but I, I can imagine now hearing the way you talk that that was just the beginning of everything going forward. But did you ever have any weird looks from anybody that were like, this woman is crazy. I can't imagine what, what she's talking about. Believe it or not, the first, the first and only time I've ever had somebody tell me, almost like 
an attack on me being a ghostbuster was a woman I spoke to the other day. I was actually calling because my new book had just come out, the uh, Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena. So I'm reaching out to Warren County businesses and libraries and such. And one of the stories has to do with uh, a rape and murder of a young girl in the 1800s at Centenary University. And so I, I called over there to try and speak to somebody. This is what I've been doing, calling around. So on one of the calls, I reached um, a woman and um, she says, oh, we, we, don't, we don't promote that stuff here. And I'm going, okay, um, that's fine. But you can't say it doesn't exist because you'll be telling a huge number of the population that it doesn't exist or it doesn't happen. And they're going to tell you you're wrong because it does. And until it happens to you, you really don't know. I mean, you said yourself, Ryan, you've never had anything happen to you, but Philip has. And until you experience it, you can't say for sure whether it exists or not. But she was a firm, no, I don't believe in that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, it's to me, it's your loss, not mine. Because if you're allowing me to come there and speak to what I've heard from residents in your own community tell me happened to them in your building to me it's just free exposure for you I mean I have a lot of historical buildings that I've written about and those historical societies are thrilled to hear those stories and get the attention for the buildings because most of them don't have funds to keep those buildings in the shape that they should be and I'm bringing in that exposure for them and bringing people to their museums and it's helping to make those buildings beautiful again, which is also something that I'm, I'm really, really empowered by because I, I love history and I love old buildings and I love when people take them and, and bring them back to their original beauty. And I'm about helping that happen too. So if you're going to tell me you don't believe in ghosts, that's fine, but you're lost. Yeah, there's no such thing as bad Fair press, enough. right? Fair enough. It's very interesting. So, so tell me... Um, I moved here from Ithaca, New York to Houston, Texas, and Ithaca is uh, relatively, um, well, I say it's the strangest city I've ever lived in. It's pretty much the, the best way to sum it up. And one of the strange things is that ghost hunters come through Ithaca on a regular basis. It's my understanding that quite a lot of people think that there's a, a high, uh, high volume or, or, or high number, large number of ley line crossings in Ithaca. Now, Ley lines, as I understand it, are like allegedly paths that spirits travel, yeah? Is that what it is? I don't know. I was, I was about to ask you. I was like, oh, good. I I was about to say, I, I need to raise my hand here. I and have, be like, no, I idea. have no idea. I have no idea. So, but, but, I, but I'm super happy that you look as confused as I am because what would happen I is. I have no clue. I mean, I know that they say that our area where I am in New Jersey is very paranormally active because of a lot of the minerals, we have a lot of mines and, and minerals and stones throughout all the surrounding counties. And they said that that draws a lot of attention and that they could be room for portals because of the mines being tunnels. We have lots of underground tunnels in the area. But I, I suppose it just depends on the area. Yeah, so I've, I have no, I honestly, I have no clue. But what I do know is that every year these caravans of people would come in and they'd be doing, oh yeah, paranormal investigation. And there'd be lots of people. I'm talking, you know, many tens of, of dozens and sometimes even hundreds of mm. people that would come through and do these massive, like, 
city tours and and they would they would interview people that were students there because this but I mean, out, how much of it is we sensationalizing well that was my question for so, for a buck versus someone who's genuinely interested in investigating something right that was exactly my question because it's very very clear that when you have that many people doing something um so otherworldly that it has to be um some level of, of a sham, right? Some level of fraud. So how do you deal with the charlatans in your industry? Because obviously there have to be more than not. I know that there are a lot of places that are just trying to make money off of whatever it is that's happening. That's not to say that there isn't paranormal activity going on, but they see the dollar sign and figure we're going to open it up to anyone that wants to come in. And for me, I know a lot of people go on these paranormal investigations that are in like huge jails and um, well, let's say Gettysburg is another example. But for me, I can't see so much happening when there is such a large group in one place at one time. For me, when it's a smaller group in a smaller environment, I feel like it's more likely to have activity than if you were to go in a large group, such as what you were explaining. Believe it or not, ghosts have their own lives to live and they like to have their own space too. And they're more receptive, I've found, to communicating with you if there's just a few of you there than if there are masses. I never have been the least bit interested in going on a huge investigation with, the, I mean, I've, I've heard of like 50 people in one place. How do you expect to actually have anything happen with all of that? Well, yeah, that's very e much. Eleanor, and fair enough, you know, if I came back, if my spirit came back, I would, as a former actor or an actor, I would, <laughs> as an actor, I would demand a crowd. I, I feel you want your audience. I, I feel like if I, if yeah. I was, I would want my audience. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nearly headless Nick, whatever you say. That's a, uh, yeah, no, no, very much to your point. That's exactly what I'm talking about with what I experienced when I was up in Ithaca was these huge groups of people would come through and it was very, um, I don't know. It just struck me. It becomes, as, as, it becomes like a money maker, money maker for whatever it is that area is. And it's really not the same. I've had somebody say to me, well, I didn't recognize any of the places in your book for me. It's all about finding new hauntings. Why do you have to hear the same old stuff again that you've watched on TV already and said, oh, I know that place. I've heard it through this one and that one. And Weird New Jersey already spoke about it in their magazine. I like to find those new haunts, give you new places to visit if you want to see something that's haunted. Neighbors Don't Knock is produced by CNG Communications. CNG specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. And now back to the show. So being October and Halloween at our doorstep, do you find yourself getting more calls, being just so busy you have you don't know what to do with, or do you kind of shut down the engines a little bit? I'm swamped in October. Everybody wants to talk to me in October. <laughs> People like us. It is what it is, though. I, I mean, mean, I actually, next, next week, I actually sponsor a, a tour of Sussex. I live in Sussex Wantage and Sussex is extremely haunted. And that's where my business used to be 
that is in my first book that is haunted. And it's pretty much every other building I have a story on from someone. And so I've been doing this tour of the town, a walking tour every year, the week of Halloween, where I take them around and talk to them about a little bit of the history and the building, and then tell them about the hauntings in that building. Now, you you had part one and part two. Was there just so much for the Sussex County hauntings? Was there just so much that you wanted to share? That's why there's part one and part two? Or was it an unfinished story? Sussex County hauntings was just supposed to be one book, and it was only about hauntings. And then when I put it out on social media, my phone didn't stop ringing for weeks. And people were not only calling me with stories about Sussex, New Jersey, they were calling with stories around other counties, Warren County, Passaic County, Pike County, Morris County. And I was just taking all those stories in and making folders because I said to myself, I'm not going to turn that story away. It was too good to resist. So I had all these files on these different counties and that's where Warren County hauntings came because it was the one that I had the most for a book to write outright. But Sussex County hauntings, I had so many stories that I ended up having two and I'm working on three presently. And the other strange phenomena category, how that came along was when I was first listening to people for stories in the first book, they were calling me and telling me stories about their UFO sightings in the county. And then many people were calling me and telling me about their Bigfoot sightings in High Point State Park. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's a crazy ass story. I can't put it in a ghost book. How am I going to do that? So I created the other strange phenomena chapters. And so there was enough room for me to write about the UFOs and Bigfoot, which worked out great because when I was writing book two on Sussex County hauntings, people were coming to me with their stories about visits from their deceased loved ones who aren't necessarily ghosts. And then they were telling me about their experiences with their loved ones at their time of death. And those stories are amazing. And it gives people that faith and that hope that there's something else out there and that they never leave us, that they're always with us, watching us and guiding us. And that fit right into the other strange phenomena category. So, so you, you're getting a lot of your source material from, from all of the people that are approaching you. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Book one, I have a lot of stuff about my own personal experiences, but they only go so far, right? I can write it in book, but I can't, unless something happens to me tomorrow or yesterday, I've told everybody all there is to know about my experiences in book one. For those that are interested in our listeners that want to know more, you can go to, and we'll post uh, Eleanor's website in our episode description. She can find out more about her in her, in her books. Um, but I, I've got to ask, it's kind of like asking an astronaut, what's it like to go to space for, for <laughs> someone who gets and hears so many stories, is there ever a story or an experience that has really shaking you to the core the chapters that i just wrote for the warren county hauntings book on near-death experiences so that was a great topic to put in the other strange phenomena chapters but i didn't really realize how powerful some of those stories were going to be and these people for most part have been opening up yes to each other on specific pages having to do with near-death experiences with other people that experienced the same, but they've never opened up to an outsider like me. So I've gotten these people coming to me 
and they've never spoken to anybody else about it that hasn't experienced it themselves. And they're wonderful stories. And so many people were changed by their experience of death. Reincarnation's another one. I've been working on that for, I actually started writing it when I was writing the Warren County, but it was just such a powerful chapter. And there was so much more for me to do with that chapter than like, I can't put it in this book. I have to work on it for the next one. Now, has, forgive me for interrupting. Has reincarnation been something that you've long believed in to do your faith? My faith tells me that I shouldn't believe in reincarnation. Okay. And I'm, I don't consider myself of any particular religion anymore. I just feel like I, I say that I'm a Christian and I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That's where I am at. Because sure, if fair you go fair. into organize, in organized religion, they tell you, you can't believe that. And you can't believe that. And this is the way it's supposed to be. And I, I don't like that. So as long as I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and that I'm going to heaven, then I'm good. Yeah, I, do fair. Believe, I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe that we've all had the opportunity to live other lives. If they're all lessons that we need to learn and that those are things that we take with us and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. When, when you talk about reincarnation, do you believe the, that you get a chance to choose how you're come back and I'm reincarnated or do you believe that it's just random? No, you, you choose that specifically. You choose your next mission, so to speak what your next um, mode of life and what it is that you want to learn is. And you don't have to come back. That's, that's also a choice that you make. But most people are known to have lived more than one life. Would you, would you Philip, would you choose to, to come back? Buddy, I'm coming back as you. you, you got you're, it good. you're just you're just like I could I could act better than you. you got it <laughs> I'm good. gonna make I don't, it. I don't know about act better. Than you. I think you can outact me, no problem. But, um, no, I don't know. I don't know the answer. You know, like I said earlier in the show, I'm very uh, I'm very Ted Lasso about this, right? I kind of believe in all of it. I yeah. believe in the ghosts and the aliens and all the religions. I don't I don't want to say no to anything because I think that's just way way too close minded to assume that that I know. Uh, about anything. But I, I will say that uh, I have no belief system when it comes down to reincarnation. Would I come back? Man, I don't know. If, if I did, I'd like to come back uh, uh, longer in the future. I'd like to have some like really fun tech to play with. I'd like to circle back, if you don't mind. I do feel that a lot of people may listen to this episode who have had experiences in the world that you deal with and not really know uh, how to process it, what the next steps are, things like that. And you brought up earlier your childhood experience with what you called the shadow man. I'm very interested in that because I can relate to that a little bit. I had similar experiences as a child with what I could call a shadowy figure or a shadow man, if you if you will. That really rung true to me, the way that you phrased that. Can you flesh that out for us? For, 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 no pun intended. Um, no, that's okay. Yeah. The, I called I actually, he was a shadow of a man. He was a figure of a tall man, but a black shadow. And I used to call him Uncle Paul, but he scared the shit out of me. And I don't know why I called him Uncle Paul, but I did. And that could have its own meaning in itself, but I don't know. What I do know is that people see spirit differently. And it's at your level of sensitivity. When I was a kid, that's what I saw. 
recently, more recently in my past, when I've seen an apparition, I've actually seen a full body apparition in clothing, my store. Clothing eyes, like. Yes. For Here's the perfect example. In my store in Sussex, there was a ghost. And I would see him when I was doing inventory at night. And he was a little old guy with a top hat and trench coat. And all he would do was just observe what I was doing because I guess he was curious about what I was doing in his building. The tenants that lived upstairs in the apartment, she, the wife, was extremely sensitive. The husband was sensitive too, but she was really like sensitive, like she could communicate. She saw him exactly the way I saw him. Her husband saw him as a black shadow person. So very, very interesting. A little, a little interesting point to that story was a, a customer came in one day with a photograph and she handed it to me and she said, oh, I thought you would like this. It's a picture of your shop back in the day in black and white. I thought maybe you'd want to hang it up behind you or something. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I look at the picture who's standing in front of the shop, but the little old guy with the top hat and trench coat. Wow. I just wish I could put a name to that face. I wish I knew who he was. And you, you never solved that mystery. No, never did. Interesting. So, so what would your advice be if we do have a listener who's tuning in and, and they're experiencing something that they feel like is on par with what we are talking about here on this episode, what should their next step be? Well, they, they're welcome to contact me at author Eleanor Wagner at gmail.com. I would love to hear their story, but they can always contact a local paranormal group and um, give their story to them if they want somebody to come into their home, obviously I'm in New Jersey, so I can't get to Texas or wherever it is that they live, but there are so many paranormal groups. Is there a net, is there a network where people can find that? I mean, you talk, like you said, there's groups around or is there's Facebook has Facebook has a lot of pages. If you live locally, you can put your, your local town name in and and put paranormal groups and they'll, they'll just come up randomly. I'm always looking for stories though whether it's in my counties or not. Now I'm writing stories around the country and I'm writing stories around the globe. So those will be chapters in the book. So if you have a story that you just want to share with me, I would love to hear it. But if you've got experience is happening in your home and you don't know what it is, I definitely suggest that you reach out to local paranormal groups for help. Well, not only are you there to help cultivate the paranormal activity and and the groups and everybody else and writing these uh, wonderful stories and sharing your experiences and what others have experienced. But now you're also sharing this in a podcast. Uh, Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World podcast was just released through the Paramount UK radio network this past September. Tell us a little bit about the podcast, well, what listeners can expect to hear. They can hear ghost stories. They can hear a lot of the stuff from the other strange phenomena categories too, about aliens and UFOs and Bigfoot. That's what I plan on talking about. I've also been interviewing the Lady Ghostbuster team members because as I mentioned to you before, they're so interesting. They have such interesting backgrounds. They're just ordinary people like you and I, but they've had this paranormal stuff in their life for years because they were born with it and they have stories to tell. And so they'll come on and I'll interview them and you'll get to meet each team member and hear who they are, what they do on my team, but why they are in the paranormal, what led them to the paranormal. Well, you know who you're going to call. Indeed. Yeah. It wasn't who I expected. <laughs> no, I know. Exactly. Right. 
Eleanor, we just want to thank you for coming on the show, sharing your experience and your stories with us. But for those of you that want to hear more or read more, you can find Eleanor's stories or tune into her podcast. Uh, uh, You can find it on Apple Podcasts because I looked it up. You can also find her books on Amazon and you can find it on Audible as well. So you guys can get a copy of those. Or, you know, if you feel the need to travel up to New Jersey, I'm. I bet you would be welcome to hear uh, more l- stories live. I don't know. Live might be better. If it's okay, if I can just mention, if they want to see the footage or hear the audio stuff that happens on our investigations, they can go right to my website, AuthorElanorWagner.com, and they can see all the photographs that we've taken and any of the footage right there on the page. Um, I wanted to mention that the, the books that I write about it's it's really about the landscape of life in the counties and the endurance of the souls that have stayed behind. And so if you like history and you love pictures, it's a so, great This is like a memoir almost for, for the, the, the places and locations that you're, you're visiting. And you're, you're telling a, a very rich, untold story. It really is. And, and you're very clearly a passionate historian. And I appreciate that. And, and I was going to thank you earlier. I really do appreciate your candor and your transparency. I know that it takes quite a lot of courage to decide to step up and, voice your opinion about things that some people raise an eyebrow to and well, others that many I, w- I would fraud. dare to say that many raise an eyebrow to indeed thank you so much so you have a open invitation here on neighbors don't knock anytime you'd like to come on but philip i think we're getting close to that time i think we are for all of our listeners who have anything they want to share with elnor we will put up contact information in the episode description but be sure to tune in Next week, for more Neighbors Don't Knock, we drop every single Friday. That's right. Subscribe to the episode. Don't miss ever. And we want to wish you guys all a happy Halloween. Spooky. (laughs) We'll see you guys. I know. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Out.